This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast. Uh, welcome to 2021-22 season. It's, uh, it's been a little while since we've recorded an episode, about a month or so now. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to get back into it. Um, and before we get second to what we'll talk about today, which is the summer window and what our thoughts on it are so far. I'll introduce the other gents, see our regulars on the podcast. Uh, first of all, uh, Ross, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How you been during the Euros, mate? Oh, I'm content with it. Southgate's proven me wrong. Uh, so far, so far. <laughs> um, hopefully we can get uh, one step further this time, or even two, maybe, and lift the trophy. But uh, Denmark, I know Muggs are, they're definitely they're my dark horse anyway to get to this far, so... It's going to be interesting to see how they do against us. And uh, and Joe, how about yourself for the regular on the podcast? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, uh, still riding high on from last night's win against Ukraine. And uh, yeah, it seems like the uh, there's a bit of activity picking up at, uh, over in Milton Keynes as well. So yeah, it's been a been a good uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a very very interesting signings that we'll get onto in a bit. I'm sure. Of course, we actually met up as a podcast for the first time since we actually launched the podcast uh, in Leicester a few weeks ago. That was an uh, interesting afternoon, wasn't it? We were watching the Euros, watching Group F, uh, and Hungary getting a surprise result against uh, well France, which was nice. So, yeah, decent day, weren't it, gents? Well, looking back, it doesn't seem that much of a surprise now, does it? After <laughs> some of France's oh, no, performances. No. <laughs> yeah, but great time day. it was. Yeah, no, it was a good day, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're doing that over the season uh, coming up. Hopefully we go back to games and uh, hopefully the government don't stop us again. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, anyway, on to the summer window. Um, so activity-based window for the Don in terms of who was signed and who, you know, we've few players let let go already who have you know had on expired contracts things like that 
Uh, so coming in, of course, we've had uh, Scott Twine, who, who was first up. They made Ethan Robson, uh, Josh Martin, who both announced the other day, both on loans. And then, of course, the two additions to the goalkeeper union in uh, Franco Ravazzoli and the return of Laurie Walker, who accepted his contract offer at the Dons and is heading back to the club for another season. Um, of course, there's some other stuff going on in terms of rumours, but you know that could be true, that could not be true. We'll find out in a few days, I'm sure, as I'm sure it'll be another quite a busy week for the Dons in terms of you know another week of pre-season and another week of signings, hopefully, who are both in and out. Uh, so, gents, um, I suppose we should start with our overall summaries of the window so far. Um, of course, we did our preview of the window, which you could check out uh, as, a, as a previous episode to this one. Um, but, Joe, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the window so far for the Dons? Um, I think it's a solid start. Um, there's a few teams that have signed, you know, a couple of players, if that's so. You know, I think we've got three or four men in so far. We've got a couple of, I think, a couple that are going to play a real key part. Um, you know, you think back to last season and um, Fraser came in very late. Well, we've got, you know, a, a very, uh, a, a, almost a marquee signing in Twine. He's in nice and early. And um, it, I think it's been a solid start. Um, I'm sure we're not done yet. And, you know, I've got complete faith in the scouting team and the recruitment team. And I think we've seen from the past few windows, <clears throat> you know, we, we just got to trust them. I'm, I'm more than happy to just just leave it with them. And I'm quite relaxed about the whole situation. Yeah, of course, I've had the structure, haven't we, with uh, Liam Sweeting and Simon Crampton getting, yeah, I suppose, those promotions is the right word to their current roles. And of course, see Matthew Gill come in to work with the coach staff as well. So a lot of restructuring. So it's not been just on the pitch, it's been off the pitch where the club's looking to really strengthen and move on to a new era. So Russ in his second full season in charge. And yeah, it's interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. You know, obviously Russ wants to get the numbers in, I'm assuming as quick as possible. Uh, with the pre-season games coming up. Of course, we had one with Tottenham announced whilst we were away, which is really pleasing. And I'm sure we're all looking to get to that one. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting start. And uh, Ross, what are your thoughts on it in general? I've, yeah, I can only echo what Joe's just said. Um, I'm just pleased with what's been brought in and how we've gone around our business. Um, we've utilised the loan market to full effect in obviously um, Robson and Martin. Um but, I, yeah, there's still a few more bodies needed going into the season to be competitive. Yeah, and we'll get into those extra bodies I think we need uh, later on in the episode. Um, but I suppose we'll transition into the actual signings that come into the door for Milton Keynes. And uh, probably the biggest one out of them all in terms of stature is uh, Scott Twine. Or Twine is uh, a lot of the teams we call them, not the first team. Um, of course, at Swindon and uh, Newport last season and really, well, he made a name for himself really with the long-range goals he was scoring. Um, and a quite a dynamic player, uh, definitely different to what we typically have in the club in terms of the squad and where we have players who typically, you know, wouldn't really, you know, go or be like a maverick like Twine is. And Twine would definitely add a different dimension to his Don's midfield and a, and a position in the squad. Um, but I'll get the thoughts of uh, Joe first of all on Twine. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on the addition of Twine and what he adds to this Don's side? I think it's a really exciting transfer. By all accounts, he had offers higher up and um, and for potentially more money. But one thing which I think is so great, and I think we'll see plenty more of, is people are coming here because they buy into the project and they want to play for Russell Martin. And, you know, you can't... I think that just goes to show the difference between this summer and last summer is that 
we've now got that extra pull and people people want to come and play for us and are willing to sacrifice you know maybe a bit of money now because they believe in the future that they'll you know have success with this team um i think he'll be playing at the top of the box competing with fraser and o'reilly there um but then again we've got to consider as well fraser and o'reilly can also play a bit deeper um so there's that option i think twine's different in the way that he scored a lot of goals in open play um for both Swindon and Newport. And as you mentioned, he's, he's got a ridiculous amount of long-range goals and I'm sure he'll be seeing plenty of the ball on the edge of the box. And, you know, I think it's good because I think, you know, with Fraser and O'Reilly, I think they're absolutely fantastic. But I think with Fraser passing and dribbling is much more his strong suit. And he only actually had, I believe, five, uh, it was even four or five goals from open play um, last season. A lot of his goals were penalties, but which still need scoring, um, of course. Um, and then O'Reilly got three in, I believe it was 22 games. So, you know, they're by no means bad records. But if when you're having the players really push up with the striker, I think you do need their, them to contribute a few more goals. Because um, obviously Jerome and um, and Grigg both did chip in with a fair few themselves. So, yeah, I think it will add some goals from midfield. I think it's a different type of threat, which is nice. And also it's, the, it's another player who's who are 21 years old you know, it bags of potential, um, plenty of room to grow. And also he's worked with Luke Williams and um, Dean Thornton before. So again, just, uh, yeah, re- re- really, I-, I couldn't believe it actually when I saw that sign. And I or I presumed he'd go to a championship club. So yeah, really happy with it and uh, can't see any downside to it really. Yeah, the signing does scream a bit of Fraser from last season, isn't it, in terms of how it all went about and, you know, the player actually wanting to go and play for the Dons, which was nice. Uh, yeah, it's a very exciting signing, isn't it, Ross? And uh, I'm sure we're very keen to all see him uh, on the pitch for pre-season and going into August. Yeah, definitely. And I think, obviously, Joe's uh, just mentioned it um, just before um, about his potential. And I feel like his potential is just, it can go anywhere. Same with Kasumu, same with Fraser and all these sorts of players. And we're really starting to uh, field a decent starting 11 and I think um, on my Twitter account I posted the starting lineup and that's without Scott Dwine within in the team and it's scary um, obviously having Fraser O'Reilly uh, Dwine and obviously his figures show show that also having seven goals and seven assists with Newport last season and maybe you could say the reason why they didn't get promoted was because of they let him go and Swindon recalled him and then he went on to a poor Swindon side and we, we saw how poor they were against us. And he got seven goals and three assists in their side. So you'd think that sort of player would be low on confidence, but he, he isn't. And I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for this signing and for all those fans. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm like it sometimes who say shoot from 30 yards out. Well, I'll be saying go for it because Dwine, Dwine's not afraid of scoring from that far out. Yeah, I'm sure he won't need, need the encouragement from the fans, Ross. He uh, seems to do it at free will, so it'll be nice to see that for sure. Um, interesting discussion I had for Gabe Sutton on Twine, which is in his EFL fan show, which did a few weeks ago. Um, Joe, I know you mentioned about with Twine, you expect him to play in a more advanced part of the box midfield. Um, and I suppose at the time, I had, I wasn't, I don't disagree, but I think maybe he could play in other positions. Um, of course, we've seen a few signings that maybe changed that opinion. But Ross, do you see 
uh, Twine's position cemented in the advanced part of the midfield to compete with like a Fraser and O'Reilly? Or do you see him spreading his positions about a bit more in the squad to uh, you know compete with others? I think he can play both. He's a versatile sort of player. And what, there's 46 games in the season. Scott Fraser and Matt O'Reilly aren't going to be able to play for um, all them games. So it'll be rotation. And people who say, well, you can't fit all three in a side. Well, trust me now, Russ Martin will probably have a little project going on, um, trying to fit him in the side. And I feel like having like these sorts of players, especially coming off the bench when you need a goal in the last 10 minutes to win a game, this is a perfect sort of player to have. We even Matt O'Reilly's come off the bench. And yeah, it's as I said, said earlier, it's a really exciting signing. Yeah, we've been seeing the uh, the impact of Jack Grealish, haven't we, in his Euros campaign in terms of having that impact up off the bench. And uh, hey, if, if Twine can be that for us uh, this season, then I'm sure we'll go far with uh, players like that on the bench for sure. Um, Ross, you brought up your uh, sort of first 11 graphic of the Dons so far anyway. And uh, Ethan Robson was in the other pivot spot with David Kasumu, and he's obviously a recent addition coming in from Blackpool on loan. A team who went up to a championship this past season after getting promoted via the playoffs. He's a very interesting signing, isn't he? The fact that he's on loan also, but where he's playing is quite an interesting one because, of course, of with Cern and Bukerker and still having those contract offers on the table, it's um, I've, I'm questioning whether he'll be a replacement or a competition right now for those two guys. But either way, he's adding a quality player to the squad who fits into that left left-footed midfielder group that uh, we've got this team already with Fraser and O'Reilly. So, uh, Ross, what are your thoughts on the Robson signing? I'm pleased with it, um, to be completely honest. Obviously, he's been at Sunderland, as you say, Blackpool as well. And I just wanted to get a gauge from a few Blackpool fans of what they thought about him. And I spoke to one particular, Sean, um, and he quoted, Robson's a good player, but got, just got unlucky with the injuries. And when he did get back up to match fitness, um, everyone else stepped up their game. And you can't really fault um, Critchley for obviously dropping him and not letting him back into the side because of why change why change of form uh, side and form and Robson as I say struggled to get back into the lineup and he struggled to get game time and what he said some of the characteristics he said about Robson which will thrive in this setup is he's aggressive in the middle of the park he loves to tackle exactly like Sumu and he also carries great energy in the middle of the park and that's something we need um Maybe sometimes with Sermon, um, we've lacked that. Obviously, Sermon's all about dictating the play. But I feel like Robson can do that. And yeah, I think this signing um, fits Russell Martin's set very well. So I wonder if uh, this Robson is a sort of a blend of Sermon and McEachern, as you mentioned there, Ross, because it seems to be, well, from what you described there from Sean, it's, very much like Robson could be a bit more of an assurance plan in case we don't get Sirs and McEachern back because he can cover two positions in many ways. It's in the same role, but it's two sides in the midfield. So that's an interesting take, actually. So I'm glad you got that knowledge off uh, Sean. Thanks, Sean, for that. Um, Joe, thoughts on Robson signing based off uh, you know what Ross has sort of got from Sean and your general thoughts about it? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I was I, I saw quite a few people like sort of a bit underwhelmed by this signing, and I was a bit sort of bemused by that because I, I, I think um, you know I think it's a solid signing, someone who's got a track record at this level, and you know even if he doesn't play forty six games this season, I'm sure he's a much cheaper and 
potentially a better and more suited option to us than someone like Lass Sorensen or Houghtonen, um, who we've lost. So I think you need those players in the squad. And who's not to say that he, he might be playing, you know, he might be for one of the first names on the team shoot. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. But I, I was just, I did think, you know, as well, you know, alone for um, a player in their mid-20s, it's not a bad deal. It's probably going to be fairly cheap. You know, so it just frees up money for other areas. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think just on paper, I don't think it's a bad deal at all. Um, I think what we saw, what we um, can see from a few of the clips that the club put out is he's got a bit more physicality in the midfield, but he's also got that potential to be quite good with the ball and playing out. Um, so yeah, like, like you say, almost a blend of um, McEachern and Sermon, but with that that extra bit of physicality and. Um, and also, I think he sounds like he, he loves to get stuck in. And sometimes we did mention how we, we when Cass was out especially, we lacked that, that you know, that person in the midfield to just break things up, take the yellow. And um, I think that could be a real important part of our game. I've, you know, and you actually look at Blackpool's midfield last season um, and they were, it was Kevin Stewart, is Kevin Stewart or Kieran Stewart, um, the ex-Liverpool man, and um, and Dougal, uh, who's from Barnsley, and both of them are absolutely excellent midfielders. So, you know, I'm not surprised that he, I don't think many people would be able to get into that midfield in League One. Um, also, interestingly enough, um, Liam Sweeting actually, I'm just reading this off the website. He said that um, we've actually been aware of Ethan Robson and been tracking him for the last two or three years. So this obviously isn't just a deal from the club that they've sought, that they've had the opportunity and jumped at it because it might save them a few quid. This is someone that we've been tracking for a few years and, you know, obviously the, the, the club like him. And sometimes, as we see with a lot of players, um, they just need the right club and the right setup. And, you know, we play a different style of football to Blackpool. We, do, we play a different style of football to Sunderland. So who's to say that this isn't the right style where he'll really thrive and become a, you know, and secure his place and play 40 games this season? Yeah, and regardless whether he actually played a big part in the sort of Blackpool revival at the table, he was still a part of a promotions winning side. So he that's played always a good thing. Games. Yeah, well, even so, a lot, yeah. a lot from the bench, but even so. Yeah, he, he was a part of the squad, wasn't he? So he brings that winning mentality into the squad that Russ really wants and strives for. And yeah, really good addition. And of course, the year left on his contract at Blackpool, there's an opportunity to bring him back in uh, the following summer, like we have done with uh, some of the players, uh, or at least tried to at the very least with uh, some of the recruits we had last summer. Um, the big one, I think, uh, I know Joe's very keen on this side in, uh, Josh Martin. Now, we... It's interesting we release our squad sheets, of course, whenever we get new signings in. And uh, after a discussion with the other gents, we, we decided to put Josh Martin down as a wing back. Now, a lot of people had a few questions about that because I think Josh Martin, from what we could tell, has played as a sort of attacking midfielder previously and a bit on the wing, but not too much. So, um, Joe, I'll, considering you're the lead on this, I'll let you take it away. Uh, explain uh, the Josh Martin at wing back situation and your general thoughts on him coming into the stadium, MK. Um, first of all, um, yeah, I was, I'm excited by this one. I am, I am excited by this one. Um, I think in terms of why I've put the wing back, I think we saw a real shift after January in terms of what Russ wanted from the wing backs. And at the start of the season, we started off with, I believe it was Harvey and Paul. Regan. Regan. Paul. Yeah, Regan. Yeah. yeah. 
and they were both, you know, either fullbacks that were converted to wing backs, but in reality they were playing more like they were playing more like wingers. There, there was quite a few games last season where the likes of Matty Sinola and Ethan Laird, their average position for where they touched the ball on the pitch was actually higher than the strikers. They spent more time further up the pitch than the strikers. And to me, this just shows that, it you know, they really shouldn't be looked at as defenders, in my view. And I just think back to one of the best games we had this season, which was Sunderland away. We had Ben Gladbin playing at left wing back. And OK, of course, he's going to have some defensive responsibilities, but it wasn't the be all and end all. The reason we did so well in that game was because of his quality in the final third. And we saw that with Ethan Laird coming in, that the, the huge difference they actually had having some real quality out in those wide areas. Um, along with that, I think uh, the, another reason I think that Josh Martin is going to be playing as a wing back is purely because, um, well, we don't have any other than Harvey. And also we've already got, we're already stacked in that attacking midfield area of the pitch. Um, so I, I think um, you, you mentioned on Twitter um, Liam, that you, you teased that I've about uh, me comparing Josh Martin to a player. Yes, yeah. And I said, and I think if you look at quite a few of the teams that were up there last season, they always they had that one or two players that could do something out of nothing. And we have a lot of quality players, but you know, other than Fraser and maybe Laird last season, you'd said, do we have those players that can do it in those clutch moments? And we saw in a game that we lost 4-0, that Brennan Johnson, he's certainly got that star quality. And he was a loney from a team in a higher division, came in very young, but he just had that quality that you do not have at League One level. He was only, you know, let, let's get it right, Brennan Johnson will be playing championship football next season and he probably could have last season. But, you know, they come out to get the experience. And I think this has got the potential to go in that same direction. And you look at those teams that were high up in the league you know they had that extra bit of quality you know Sunderland they had McGeady Lincoln Brennan Johnson and Rogers. they've got those players that can do something special in an instance and I hope that this could be one of them very interesting comparison to Brennan Johnson of course he tore us apart uh, well goals wise anyway in the midweek fixture at Central Bank um, so yeah hey if we can have a Brennan Johnson in the squad uh, that could take us to the next level to be fair and uh, from what we've heard and seen of Josh Martin so far, hey, he seems to have that quality. And uh, yeah, it'll be another one we're looking forward to seeing on the pitch. Um, Ross, I know you had some thoughts on Josh Martin. So pass it over to you. Uh, yeah, take it away with your Josh Martin thoughts. Yeah, I, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to be one of our best signings. I don't know too much about the kid. Um, but I know a lot of Norwich fans have had a lot of positive things to say about him. And it's an exciting loan. And I feel like he's similar loan to like the Laird as such, the buzz, and he wants to make it impacts of at the end of the day, he wants to be playing in the best league possible. And obviously that's at Norwich. And I get, yeah, I get a certain feeling that he's going to be dividend in the upcoming campaign. And uh, yeah, let's hope he pleases us as much as Laird did. Out of interest, do we know if he's left-footed or right-footed? Oh, he's right-footed. Okay, now I was, I was yeah. interested because obviously we had the whole inverted wing-back thing last season, and I was mm. in, I was trying to think, oh, is he is he left-footed? Is that of interest? But he's not apparently. He is right-footed. Okay, 
he um he, he also he he's I believe from Luton and then he signed for Norwich. So you know the fact that he will also be able to live fairly local or whatever. Um, you know that's just you know it, it's I think it helps with young players. You know being yeah. around their family, being able to settle. Just a little thing like that. You know I think that those things are, are, are quite important. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've uh, we've addressed the three of the, the five signings so far, and the other two are in the goalkeeper department. Of course, we had the goalkeeper coach uh, Dino Fordson come on uh, last season, speaks about you know his role at the club and what he does to the goalkeeper union, and um, you know it's, it comes across that Russ Martin really trusts Dino in terms of who he likes to bring into the union and to come in. Um, that's been reflected this summer. Uh, there's been one new addition in Franco Ravazzoli uh, coming in from Eastbourne Borough. Uh, to be well to compete for the number two spot, I assume, in the goalkeeping uh, department. And then, of course, the return of Laurie Walker after a pretty successful uh, loan spell at Oldham, which is quite uh, immediate, but, you know, did really well and he got lots of, lots of plaudits from, you know, uh, Oldham and, of course, us for the work he's done there. So they're both, they're both into the squad this season to uh, compete with Andrew Fisher to get into the, the games next season. Um, so, gents, I mean, I know we've got varied views on the, these two signings and, um from both from all three of us, I assume. So, uh, Ross, thoughts on uh, both additions into the goalkeeper union uh, for the new season? Yeah, with Laurie, I'm just pleased to see him obviously come back. Um, obviously, because of he started his career here, so I think there's a bit of a sentiment feel to it, and he he wants to do well. Um, and as you said, Liam, I was quite surprised to see him extend. I thought he'd go for a first team spot elsewhere, but obviously. He knows where his loyalties lie. Not that he's got any here, but um, yeah. And as for Franco, I, I don't really know what to make of the signing. I see it's a competitive signing and he wants to obviously push the others, but um, it's just a time will tell with him. And I think um, we'll only gauge what he's like in going to, um, in like the preseason friendlies or so. Yeah, for, for the comments of Dino, he... He's got a lot of raw potential, Franco. He likes to play the ball with his feet and is pretty brave. So, you know, it sounds like the mould of Andrew Fisher is going to be carried on through Franco. Um, so, you know, if he develops on quickly, who knows, he might get some games next season. And yeah, as a course, you know, the pre-season will be a good time to check him out in action for the first time for, I'm sure, a lot of Don's fans. Um, but yeah, two, two interesting signings. Um, Joe, what were your general thoughts on the two additions to the goalkeeper union for this season? I just think, oh, the, the, you know, just the overriding thought is it's just sensible recruitment. You know, I think with with Fish, we're more than happy with and he suits exactly what we're trying to do. Um, Laurie, I think, you know, I think Laurie is probably slightly ahead of uh, Franco in terms of just how he did last season. And, you know, by all accounts, Laurie, you know, he's, he, he's, he's an, everyone loves him. And I think... Um, he did such a good job at Oldham that, you know, I think he, we can more than trust him to be the number two and cover when needed. And uh, Franco, yeah, it's, you know, some uh, a player to work with. Um, obviously, River Plate Academy, so a good um, a good football background. So, yeah, it's, and I think as well with Lee going, you know, that's a first-team goalkeeper wages off the book and we've brought in, you know, another a third-choice goalkeeper and I think it's just more sensible um, rejigging of the squad and it's freeing money up for other areas. So, yeah, just sensible business. Can't complain. 
no no big dramas no thrills no spirit it's just just good business i think yeah i'd be interested to see where that money is redistributed to is it on the squad is it on other operations to the club or is it just put the piggy bank for another time um but yeah really happy and of course you know i'm sure dino's happy with his recruitment as he was a pre happy social media to talk about it so yeah it'll be and it's good to get that i think that's good to get that, that part of the squad wrapped up really quickly so they're gonna have to work they get a lot of work in during this part of the summer and uh you know fish can you know learn even more and the guys franco and laurie can uh work with him and uh yeah learn a lot of him okay so all additions have been addressed um of course we are expecting more signings and i'm sure some outgoings as well uh before the season ends um so gents i mean where, where, what parts are going to be looking at when we come to a, more additions i know i know strikers are probably a key area we want to look at so is it one striker for you guys is it two um ross is it one or two for you it's two for me I believe I believe we've got one more loan spot left, which we could uh, use. I believe, um, and then the other one, obviously, I'm looking for a bit of a marquee signing. Um, there's a few names um, floating about. You just don't know whether there's truth to it. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to see like a championship, maybe Premier League loan, and then um, obviously, if the money's there and the budget's there, we can uh, invest into a. a hopefully a 10-goal strike, 10 to 15-goal striker. But the thing with this squad is we don't really have to worry about loads of goals out of our strikers because we saw at the back end of last season how many goals were coming from like our wing-backs. Like Sorinola got a few, uh, Matt O'Reilly got a few, and then we've got obviously got Fraser, we've got Dwine, we've got Charlie Brown probably getting a few off the bench. So we don't necessarily need a striker which is going to get 20 goals. It'd be lovely, but... We've got we've probably got to take a gamble because we haven't got millions to spend like the Sunderlands, like the Ipswiches, like the Wiggins. We've got to be sensible about it and maybe take a calculated risk on the striker. And then elsewhere, I've gone with another wing back. I believe we possibly need another wing back. I know Harvey played at right wing back against Burton, I think it was, away from home. Um, just for just for a reassurance, I'd like a wing back. And then another centre-half. I feel like Darling, we're riding a lot on Darling. Obviously, he's going to be playing a stupid amount of games and he's going to need a rest. Yes, we've got Louis, but I see Louis covering the left-hand side or the right-hand side. I don't see him as the main main centre-half. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get some cover at the main centre-half position. Yeah, I mean, Joe, Ross has got to go for his whole list there. Um, in terms of the strikers... I mean, Ross mentioned he would like two. Are you in the same boat with needing two strikers, or do you reckon one's enough? Yeah, well, I think um, we've got Charlie Brown, Nombe, and Jay Bird. And from Russ Martin's um, comments last week, I think we we can uh, assume Sam Nombe won't be here at the start of the season. Um, I think with Charlie Brown and Jay Bird, yeah, I think we just need two fairly bit more experienced strikers with them. I think Jay Bird and Charlie Brown are both exciting players and you know I'm, I'm more than happy with them at the club but would I want them to go into the season with you know those two strikers being the main ones probably not <clears throat> probably not to be honest um I think as a striker I think um it's quite difficult because you look at some strikers and sometimes you just look at their goal record but when you can come into a team at different teams and different systems you know some strikers they can 
they can perform so differently. I think of someone like Paul Mullen, who, who's just come, just um, been at left Cambridge. You know, he'd never had a season where he scored more than ten goals, but goes to this Cambridge side and out of nowhere scores thirty-two goals in a season. It's um, it's all about the system and how the team plays that it looks that determines how like how the striker performs. You look at Dane Oliver at Gillingham, and I don't think he ever scored as many goals as he did before this season. So. I think with the striker market, I think it's, you know, the club's going to have to maybe think outside the box. And I think one thing that I'd like to see in a striker is almost, you know, mirroring Cameron Jerome in the fact that someone that's physical is an absolute nuisance and, you know, just scares defenders. And I think that if we get something like that, then that would be great. Um, and yeah, just as, as Ross mentioned, a bit of cover for centre-back, couple wing-backs and... I mean, it all in terms of the mid central midfield. Uh, I think it all depends on what uh, Josh McKechnie and Andrew Sermon are doing at the moment. So, um, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see another couple come in there as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I do think one of McKechnie and Sermon will return. Um, but I mean, from Russ's comments, I kind of gauge that McKechnie's just it's just COVID that's holding it back, which is a shame, but. I feel that I think Josh will be an MK Don shirt next season. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think there's a good chance of that happening. Uh, I think Andrew says it more complicated. I think you know he's an older player, he's got a younger family, things like that, as Russ mentioned. Um, so I think it's hard, it's part of me to picture him and a Don shirt next season. But hey, if we can have both, I love both. Um, the cover at centre back, gents, would we be looking for more an experienced player for that position, or is it more you know best player available type thing? I think of a sort of, you know, I think we, we spoke about in the in the transfer window preview. Um, it's, it'll be great to have some sort of peak age players, sort of 26, 27, 28, you know, not not an elder statesman uh, like Louis, <laughs> but maybe, you know, that in-between stage where, you know, a player that's got a couple hundred games under their belt can comfortably play 40 games a season if needed. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I think we just need... But I mean, who, who's to say that, you know, we're not going to go out and sign an absolutely amazing centre-back and someone like Warren O'Hara might be the cover. Who who knows, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean Ross, are you kind of agree, agreeing with Joe in terms of targeting that peak age player or are you headed in a different direction? No, I completely agree. I think the experience is needed along that back line. Obviously, Louis, Louis's done a magnificent job, especially last season when they were going under a real poor spell in that first 15 minutes conceding goals. And I think he's obviously experience um, shown in the end. And yeah, I agree with Jar. I do feel like we need someone probably heading more towards their 30s, um, come in experience and obviously try and pass on the experience onto Jules, Darling and Ihora. Yeah, we all know know Louis is still going to play 50 games this season, though. (laughs) Every season we say, could this be the one where he's... I'm not ruling it out. I didn't there. say that. No, no, definitely don't. <laughs> definitely don't. There might, be, there might be a wing back roll up for grabs or up front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely at the moment. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've got a few weeks until pre-season starts um, and the big, well, not the big games, but a few bigger games start popping up for the squad. And I'm sure Russ Martin will want to have the majority of these positions addressed by then. I'm sure that's the plan. Um, and I'm expecting a busy few weeks of... Uh, as, as Andy Culliver put them, transactions um, before the game starts to kick off. And of course, uh, I believe Ross and Joe are off to Kingsland. Unfortunately, I probably can't go. Um, this is a bit out of the way for me, really, in the midweek game. But 
we'll definitely be off to the Spurs game, that's for sure. We get tickets for that uh, tomorrow morning. We record this on a Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. And excited for the season to start. So, we start talking about some games and, uh, yeah, get back to the swing of things, basically. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the MK1 podcast. Um, as for the next episode, we're not too sure. Obviously, we're kind of going off what the club are doing. Of course, we'll have pre-season games to talk about soon, as you mentioned. So, once they start springing up, we have some things to talk about there. Uh, see where certain players are going to play. Is Josh Martin really a wing back after all? That's a nice little uh, storyline to go, go throughout the summer. Um, but until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.